Welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you again for joining us this week. What a tremendous time to be alive. Maybe some people here in the United States would say otherwise, but I am going to say that another day that we can wake up with breath in our lungs and praise the God of heaven. Very, very stereotypical thing to say. Sometimes we say it without meaning it, but seriously, the bed that I get to sleep in, which was a gift from my parents, certainly saves me a lot of money, and I get to sleep in that every night for the most part, and sometimes it's the subtle things, and that's going to be a theme of today's today's episode, something I was reflecting on uh, very much in this past week. I want to talk to you about someone who uh, has recently, recently passed away and who I didn't know very long, but I, I want to I want to talk to you about a friend of mine who, who recently died and went went home to be with the Lord, and I um. I don't know. Isn't it isn't it interesting how somebody can come into your life that you don't really expect, and that can have a tremendous impact. And I'm just wondering if if we as you know Christians we're we're the ones that you know. We try to find God in the everyday things. I wonder if, if if our life would be a lot different, you know? That's just something for me that I, I don't know, it's been, it's just hit home. And, and forgive me, I'm going to be probably all over the place. I just wanted to do basically a first take, no edit on this, just for the sake of transparency and, and vulnerability here. Usually I don't do more than one take anyway, but ah, man. And I, it's just it's just strange because being I say I'm not a new pastor I'm not a new pastor anymore but when I started in the fall of of 2020 September of 2020 at the community church in North Adams I really had no idea what God was getting me into and from September all the way through November so that's what 14 months of my first year and and change as as the pastor I didn't do one funeral. And and this is was a topic of of a lot of anxiety a little bit and and fear because when I was fighting the call to ministry I talked to my uncle Steve who has been on here this podcast a recently retired uh, reverend in the Lutheran tradition he was instrumental in in shaping that call and and per, it basically I say protected me from it because it's it can be dangerous but also the the advice he gave me to prepare me for these moments where you have to mourn with people. And as a minister of the gospel, you have a tremendous charge in proclaiming the gospel. And that's that's not about me. That's not saying, hey, look how great of a privilege it is. No, it, a lot of times it's so easy to rely on yourself and what you think is right, and you lose entire perspective on the fact that People don't really care about you, the person. They they care about more of the position because you are there as, as God's you know voice and trying to be a a person of you know uh, reassurance. Uh, but it's it's the office, it's the title, it's not necessarily the person. So, the day before Thanksgiving in twenty twenty one, I I'm supposed to travel down to my family. Shout out to Northeast Ohio, Cleveland. And 
I get a call that I'm I need they need a pastor to do this this funeral and I don't know who this person was but they but they they lived to be over 100 and they couldn't find a pastor to do the funeral and it it would be a several several hour delay I had the day off of work I was supposed to get down there around 10 a.m. 11 a.m. and I and do this funeral I wouldn't get back down there until after dark it's a long way and that was just thinking I'm like well I could say no just because of particularly selfish reasons, no good reason to, to say to say no. So I, I do it, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I don't know the family, but and I don't know the person. So you end up getting this kind of weird thing of like, okay, I don't know this person, so how, how do I best do this? And if I was thinking about myself, of course, right? Of course, it would be a disaster. But I had several things on my side, and I, I, will, I don't mean that to, to be rather... No, dismissive of people's feelings, but just picture yourself as so, as somebody who's got to go and preside over a funeral for somebody you don't know. It, I, just from a human to human em- empathy standpoint and perspective, you, you got to be able to understand like that's kind of a difficult position. But but here I will say our worthy good news: one, this lady lived lived a full life. No one's going to complain at 101 that she didn't live an entirely full life, right? Uh, she was beloved. She was absolutely beloved by everyone. And then she firmly was a Christian. So as a fellow Christian, you're looking at somebody who God used an amazing life, full life, blessed others, and was loved. That's an amazing opportunity to be with people. Because I I think a lot of us, if we, we can't directly relate, can understand how difficult it would be going into a situation where we don't really know if the person was saved. Um, they weren't really that great of a person. They were very disrespectful, very rude, very selfish. That's a little bit different, right? So you have to kind of well, not walk on eggshells, but it, it's it's more of a delicate situation with the family. Well, when I got to the funeral home, shout out to Hampton Funeral Homes in Hillsdale, Michigan. Randy Hampton, Josh Hampton, and Tim Hampton. Amazing, amazing people. And then I got to meet a person who just just impacted my life in in a short period of time. So the day before Thanksgiving 2021, I'm a nervous wreck. I am trying my best to navigate the situation, take the focus off myself, say, God, what do you want? Speak through me, speak through me. And I, I ran across Mary beach. She was somebody who worked at the funeral home and I, I, she just seemed like a friendly face. Like, okay, I could talk to this lady. And I, I went up to her and I said, I just need to tell someone, but I have no idea what I'm doing. She goes, Oh, okay, that's fine. And this conversation, she gave me some advice and then she made fun of what I was wearing. I thought that was hilarious. And I was like, oh man, this lady's quick-witted. She's she's sharp. She's got a great sense of humor, not afraid to poke fun. And I and I did the funeral. I did I I did uh, I, I did what they wanted. I, you know, I talked with the family. We ran through the order kind of service. I proclaimed the the, the celebration of life, mourning the death, and then proclaiming victory over the grave through um the wonderful lady uh, who had passed away. Her name was Maxine Caverly, if anyone wants to know. And 
afterwards, Mary came up to me. She said, I've been working over here for 25 years, and I never heard somebody do as well as you did about keeping it on God and keeping it off yourself. And what, excuse me, what a high compliment for one, incredibly humbling, especially not having any idea what I was doing. And I just, it was just a day I'm never going to forget from, from calling the family to going down there to experiencing all of that. It, it's just, if, if you're not a believer, you don't, you would not un- really understand. I, I could describe it to you in words, but from the emotional standpoint, it just won't make a whole lot of sense. But from that day, that takeaway, I say all that, that set up to just say that Mary and I had a connection from that first day that we met back in November, 2021. And I say all that to say that I didn't do one funeral in 14 months and I ended up doing four between the day before Thanksgiving and December 28th, 2021. In like 33, 34 days, I did four. And the previous 14 months, I did zero. And guess who I ran into often? Miss Mary Beach. I had the privilege of introducing my parents to her because I wanted them to meet her. I wanted them to meet her because I'm like, you, you've got to meet this lady who just impacted my life. And unfortunately, we had to bury her last week. By the time you're listening to us, it'd be like nine days ago, Monday. And the visitation was, was the day before. And I stood in line for over an hour just to see the family. There were so many people that came out to support that family in their time of mourning. It was truly unbelievable. And what a testament. What a testament to a life well lived. And here's the interesting thing about Mary. And th- this was known. I'm not betraying a secret. This, this adds to her testimony. She had four kids. And when her daughter was 16 years old, she was tragically killed in a car accident. Now, I can't speak about the mother-daughter bind, bind and bond that, that happens, that binding process between a mother and daughter. But what I can do is that when it's your only daughter, I can imagine how difficult that must be. And that's all I can do. And that, and that started a, a period and a phase in Mary's life where she did not act herself. I won't go into more specific details, but it took a long time. But the Holy Spirit brought her out of that dark time. And what did she do? After experiencing that tragedy, in the mid-90s, she went and decided to go back to work at a funeral home. And my immediate reaction is, who is more qualified to work at a funeral home than somebody who has experienced the tragic loss of having to bury your teenage daughter? Somebody who had supposedly their entire life left to live. It's unfair. It's unjust. But at the same time, to see how God can work through a tragedy and for Mary for 26 years to work at a funeral home, to walk beside people in empathy, to tell them that they are going to make it through, that this does not define their life, but the pain will be real. Are you, are you kidding me? Doesn't that speak to the character of this person? So not just through my brief interaction, only knowing her just over two months, but seeing that type of testimony and the selflessness, my goodness, I just had, I had 
to tell you about her. In her little program at the funeral home, the very Hampton funeral home that she worked at, that's where they did the service. Treasured Seasons was written. She had her entire, according to the people who attended, I unfortunately couldn't attend the funeral home. She had the entire service mapped out and exactly what she wanted. There were a lot of laughs. And this is what was read right out of Ecclesiastes. For everything there is an appointed season and a time for everything under heaven. A time for sharing, a time for caring, a time for loving, a time for giving, a time for remembering, a time for parting. You have made everything beautiful in its time for everything you do remains forever. Well, I can tell you this, Mary. Your spirit will be with us forever because of the Holy Spirit. Your testimony will live generations and generations. And even though people may forget your name two, three generations from now, what you have passed down will continue to get passed down. That I am for certain. I've already cried the tears that I need to cry. I'm not going to become a bumbling mess on this podcast, but I just want to bring it home to this point. And this is something my Uncle Steve was talking to me about this past week. Is that God will bring people on your way who will have a tremendous impact upon you. And you may not remember it in the moment, but when you are grateful for it, please take it to God. And I was grateful that I got to meet Mary, but in a way I was ignorant of the fact of how precious life is. Something that Mary did not take for granted or ever forget. You know, at 28 years old now, I still take for granted. And I wish I would have been more grateful. Wish I could have had another conversation. I miss you, Mary. I know I'll see you again someday, but I really miss you. Only known you two and a half months, but it's amazing the impact you can have on a young pastor's life just by being exactly who you are. And there are a lot of friends or a lot of family that I know who have had that impact upon me. And gosh, I am forever grateful. And I'm going to vow to be even more grateful for these seemingly small things in life. But when you look back, they really, really can define maybe a precious moment or even a season of your life. But that that starts that type of attitude, which I need to get better at, starts at the beginning of the day. Are we waking up in gratitude for having a bed to sleep in, for having breath in our lungs? When you can be grateful for, quote-unquote, the small stuff, which really being able to live, that's not a small thing, but we take it for granted. Please don't take it for granted. If anything, I'm talking to myself here. If anything, you, the listeners, have taught me more than anything else. It's been, it's been difficult. We lost a lot of people here the last few months. But the people that are mourning... They do it well. My prayers and my love are with the Beach family. And whatever you, the listener, are going through, praying for you too. May God be with you. May God bless and comfort and always keep you. Amen.